Thanks for listening to the Best of Coast to Coast podcast. Become a Coast Insider, and you can hear this complete conversation as well as recent shows featuring guests discussing new cases of the troubling cattle mutilation phenomenon, worrisome instances of clandestine CIA torture, and the evidence that the lost city of Atlantis may have really once existed. Check out these programs and many other fascinating episodes waiting for you in the Coast to Coast Archive by heading over to coasttocoastam.com and signing up for Coast Insider. Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. Okay, welcome back to Coast to Coast. Let me tell you about our guest, Nick Seneca Jenkel, is an award-winning thought leader, author, philosopher, professional speaker, transformation catalyst, leadership futurist, and educator. Develop original thinking programs and power tools and possesses the way of ensuring pioneering organizations, leaders, and people across the planet transforming themselves, their problems, and our world. He's also the co-founder of the Sustainable Innovation, Leadership Development, and Personal Transformation Company called Switch On. A couple of his books include Switch On and Spiritual Atheist. Nick, welcome to the program. Looking forward to this. Yeah, thank you so much. Me too. How did you get involved in what we would call the phenomena of the supernatural, deja vu, near-death experiences, and things like that, uh, when you seem to have a very practical, somewhat scientific background? Well, great question. I mean, I, I noticed myself getting information about the world that I couldn't explain easily from a young age, um, but I kind of pushed it aside um, because I was very wedded to a traditional scientific view of the world. Um, but I actually got more and more into it um, professionally by uh, my work as an innovation consultant and creative uh, consultant for large companies. And anyone who does innovation work, so when I mean innovation, I mean helping Companies develop new products, whether a new radio show or a new business or mm-hmm. a new uh, digital app or something. You start to get really interested in where do these ideas come from. So you're in a room with 20 people and suddenly you have a breakthrough, which makes a sense of everything. And it's kind of working on different levels. And suddenly everyone goes, yes, that, that, that seems to be the answer. And then you start to say, well, where does that come from? And anyone who does that kind of work long enough, whether you're an artist as in a painter or a sculptor or an artist in business, you you start to get very curious about the source of creativity. And uh, that's sort of the big sort of stepping point for me. But there were other breadcrumbs along the way, Um, strange what what Jung would call synchronicities, um, strange, meaningful correspondences that I only realized were breadcrumbs when I looked back and went, ah, I was being given breadcrumbs to follow the whole journey. And when you started probing this, when did you begin to realize there's something to this, that maybe near-death experiences are happening? Maybe there is deja vu. Maybe there is precognition. Well, it was kind of a long journey because I had to first challenge my own core philosophy, which, as anyone who's ever tried to do that, is actually quite difficult to do because we don't believe it's a philosophy. We believe it's just the truth. So if you just don't believe anything other than what science can tell you, then you don't even believe that's a set of assumptions or an ideology. Uh, But luckily, I I studied philosophy of science uh, during my science training. And that uh, discipline teaches you that science doesn't progress 
within one paradigm, it progresses through different paradigms, as in different ways of thinking about what the scientific data is telling you. And so I started to question my professional slash philosophical assumptions, but I was also going through my own personal breakdowns and burnouts at the same time, which I believe are also part of the way what I would call the universe helps you rethink yourself, is to give you really difficult personal situations. And between the two of those personal situations and what I was doing to heal myself and my own professional and philosophical uh, thinking, somehow within that a few years an alchemy occurred and then I had a profound transformation in both myself as a person and my role in, in the world as a thinker and doer. Um, and then from that, lots of stuff came very quickly, um, philosophically, emotionally, in my personal life, in my corporate life, um, that made, started to make sense of it all. Tell me about the title, Spiritual Atheist. <laughs> it wasn't the first title um, for the book, but it seemed to really uh, capture people's interests. It's like, huh, how does that work? So Spiritual Atheist is a... Um, uh, a philosophical memoir, I call it, of my life from about the age of 15 when I became uh, an old-fashioned, hardcore, scientific atheist. Um, actually, during a, a sermon I was asked to give as a 15-year-old in a synagogue. And um, it includes up to my journey and sort of my breakthrough out of atheism into uh, what I now call spiritual atheism. Um, and so spiritual atheist is a way of saying that I believe there's a, a philosophy that anyone can have that allows for both a real belief in science as a great way of understanding the world we see outside us, um, and spirituality is a great way or the best way of understanding what happens inside us, and I mean by that spiritual practice, meditation, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. and that you can bring those two together within us. And not just that, it even goes further to say, until we bring those two together, uh, the spiritual and the atheistic, the science and the consciousness, the mind and the matter, until we bring them together, we can't fully thrive either in our own lives or uh, in our lives as professionals and leaders. And that's really the rub, um, is that we need science, and, but we also need the study of consciousness internally um, together to understand the one universe that we're part of. Can you be an atheist and believe in the supernatural? Um, it depends what you mean by believe in the supernatural. And, and the word supernatural I find interesting as well. Because I, I've definitely experienced a whole range of, of, of uh, synchronicities, deja vus, um, information coming to me that I shouldn't be able to know. Um, and for me, that's a sort of lived fact, then you can go into science and go, well, there's actually many, many cases now documented um, of all sorts of uncanny experiences. So that's scientific fact. Um, and, but my philosophy that I put into this book, it says, well, do we have to believe that somehow supernatural, or maybe that's just how nature is? Maybe nature has a connectivity within consciousness that is different from the way that we see connectivity happen in matter, like in balls touching each other in traditional scientific materialism. Um, and so maybe we don't have to even think about the supernatural at all, which as a natural skeptic gets my, um, you know, raises my hackles. You know, is there <laughs> sort of, you know, magic and, 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 and darkness and all these sort of things. But if you go, well, hold on a minute, if 
consciousness is separate from matter but still always connected to it and that we know consciousness seems to have a fluidity of it and we seem to be able to pick up on other people's consciousness but also consciousness in different times of future and past maybe that's the interior connectivity that science will never be able to fully understand from its world but it can certainly understand where it happens and it can it can take a um, create evidence of where these things happen and so maybe we don't have to think of it as supernatural maybe that's just what nature does nature is connected in in, in our interior mind in our hearts and minds uh, in a way that you can't see in a microscope do you have any doubts at all that the topics that we're going to talk about tonight uh, exist have you have you concluded now that this is all real I do have doubts that some of the things purported to be um, so, you know so, so super psi or psi phenomena uh, might exist because I think it's very easy to go from what I would call a fairly well thought empirical experience like a near-death experience absolutely we've seen them occur we can we can model them you know we can we can we can uh, take records of them and then there's a it's a but a hot skip and a jump to then um a kind of um uh, a worldview that that i think distorts those experiences into a into a different uh way so i think there's a very fine line between what i would call a sort of naturalist or a expanded sense of of na nature so Picking up on past experiences seems to me absolutely plausible. Uh, picking up on the future in the moment seems absolutely plausible to me. Um, but I, I believe there's a there's a I believe the system is designed to help us rather than um, for it to be used to serve us as a in, a in a sense. So for me, it's like ask not what you can do with super abilities, but ask what. Uh, super abilities can help you do to serve the world. And as soon as we get into people trying to leverage these powers for sort of magic and, and, and power over people, I think we've lost, lost the path. And that's a really important distinction. Tell me about your thoughts on deja vu and how this fits into it, Nick. Some uh, psychiatrists will say that deja vu uh, may be a medical situation, a temporal <laughs> lobe epilepsy. <laughs> but those same psychiatrists. I, by the way, I was a I was a medic on the path of being a psychiatrist. Aha. Uh -huh. Okay. I came out of that that worldview. I mean, some psychiatrists in the 70s and 80s were still claiming that a yo that yoga and the states you can access through yoga were psych psychotic states. So we've got to always remember that there is a way of speaking about all of these experiences, including the experience that I've had regularly of of being at one with my universe, you know, the experience of spiritual enlightenment. There's a way of dismissing all of it by saying it's just an exotic brain state. In fact, not just that, it's a psychotic brain state and there's something wrong with you if you experience these things, including, um, you know, the dream states we, we all go in and out of every night and every morning. So there is a, that, that's a way that, that scientists like to diminish um, people who study consciousness um, by saying, basically, you're nuts. You're not, um, or there's a medical issue or something exactly. like that. I mean, exactly. And there, and, there, and there probably can be. There's probably a fine line between someone who spends a lot of time in these states who then loses the ability to function in this world, in the material world, very easily. And I know people who are very, they hang out a lot in the, you know, in the dreamlands of various different, different ways. And they do find it hard to live in this land. And there may be a way that suddenly becomes over, 
the um, threshold of, a, of something we call a disease. Um, and there's now some research that shows that people who hang out, who are very imaginative um, and very creative and access that part of their brain and that part of consciousness, um, in a very extreme senses, that is psychosis. That, that, that then brings up a really interesting un, un, idea of what does psychosis really mean? Is it actually wrong or bad, or is it just a very extreme state that we can all get to, and those people find it hard to come back into this world? Is there a God factor in any of this, Nick? Well, there is and there isn't. So for me, God, uh, in the spiritual atheist uh, philosophy or worldview, God is the living, dynamic, adaptive system of intelligence and complexity that is we are all part of in every moment, inherently. Um, and that, and this is the important bit, that can guide our action in the moment by giving us information, whether through deja vu or synchronicity mm -hmm. or, or any of these other forms that can help us move ourselves towards a state of thriving um, if we can spot the signals. And that includes deja vu. That includes, um, you know, it possibly may include you know, information from dreams. Sure. Uh, the, the universe saying, here, pay attention to this today. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.